Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. Continue from where we start on the issue of the blood of the Lamb. This is supposed to be the part three on that question. The question was, or is, why do people use the blood of Jesus? As it were, sprinkling them on the road and wherever they find themselves. That, that was a question and that's what we're looking at. We've dealt with a series of the background from Exodus to Leviticus, how the blood was used. And uh, we're actually trying to consider Revelation 12 at this time. So let's quickly go to Revelation chapter 12 and we'll read from verse number 7. Revelation 12 from verse number 7. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought on his angels and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out of old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world, was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of of his Christ for the accuser now I want you to pick this the accuser of the brethren is cast down which caused them before our God day and night hallelujah now I want you to just look at this a little bit We'll be dealing with verse 11, but we're stopping at verse 10 today. We just want to concentrate on this. But I want you to just look at something here. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come. Hmm? Salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Now, this loud voice that is coming up is directly connected to what has happened, the casting down of the devil. Can you connect that? It is because, look, it says for, when you use the word for, it says because. So the reason for the, 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 the shout or the talk or this loud voice is because the devil had been cast down. And what was it? He said the devil that accused the brethren. Question. If this is what, like we've been told, happened some ages past. Right? Because what we've been told, according to 
I'll believe in Isaiah 14, it happens on year way back along the line in the heavens. Are you following what I'm saying now? Before Jesus came. The question is this. Were they brethren before Jesus came? No, talk with me. Brethren, the language for brethren is directly connected to redemption. Now, I just want you to think a little bit. Does it make sense to you? Brethren, the language of the word brethren is connected to the redemption of the blood of Jesus. Therefore, this can never be what happens on years way back before salvation came. <laughs> Are you there with me? The best you can find before salvation came is the world sons of God. Not brethren. Brethren is directly connected one more time to the blood of Jesus. When the work of redemption takes place, that's why we became brethren. Is that okay? Okay, the next thing, and it says, that accuse our brethren before our God day and night. Question, do you have day and night in heaven? Scripture says there is no night there. Where do you have day and night? It's on the earth. Genesis, in fact, it made us to understand that when God was speaking concerning the sacrifice of Noah, so as the extra minute, harvest, you know, seed time and harvest, day and night shall not cease. So day and night is a thing of the earth, it's not a thing of heaven. Is it making sense to you? <laughs> I think I tried to touch this a little bit the last time. The heaven from where this accuser of the brethren is cast off from is your heart. This shout is coming when you've come to the realization of the sacrifice of Jesus and you have the liberty you should be able to stand on the finished word of Christ and say thank God I am free now I want you to stipulate it from them and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven now not yesterday now now if you say now, you can say maybe today. Okay, fine, no. But it's not even today. But now. What is it now? The day you realize it, that you are free, salvation is come. Not just today, not yesterday, not tomorrow. Now is come. So now, this is a shout for an individual who've come to an understanding of what Jesus have done. Are you there with me? Praise the Lord. 
If it is just a matter of the devil being cast down from heaven to the earth, it's what we're talking about here. Then we don't have any room to say, now it's come, salvation. I don't know if you understand what I mean. If, if it has to do with what we've been told about, you know, Lucifer stuff, that's what happened. Why should we talk about salvation when the devil is cast down to us? But again, we understand that the Bible mentioned expressly those people who are suffering, who cannot shout the shout, are the habitats of the earth. How many of you remember that? Praise the Lord. So when he said, now is come, is the day you come to that realization of the finished work of Christ. The accusation is no longer. I've been doing a series on Facebook. Some of you have not been able to follow us, if you are following. But you see, the devil accuses you by telling you that you are not a son, you are not qualified to even praise God. I mean, and where does those things come from? From your heart. I mentioned that the other time. And I was sharing that with somebody. You know, he was asking me a question from the U.S. You, you tell me, if you go back to Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that the spirit took it, I mean, the devil took it, Jesus to a very high mountain and showed him the whole world. And he said, if you can bow down to me, I'm going to give you the whole world. Now you tell me, geography student, which man take and you climb and they see the whole world? I mean, we can't be so mean. The, for me, the highest mountain in the whole world is Mount Everest. It's not even in Palestine in the first place. Jesus didn't go to Mount Everest. He was in Palestine. So which mountain will you climb in Palestine, in Israel, and see the whole world? There's only one mountain. The mountain of your imagination. So every whole battle that Jesus was fighting was within. When the voice said, you are the moment, that are the beloved son, that was the beginning of the battle. If you are truly a son, do this. If you are truly a son, do this. Are you there with me? That is where the battle is. The battle is in your mind. The real warfare is in your mind. So the day this enemy is cast out, when those thoughts are no longer bombarding your spirit, now is come salvation. Are you there with me? I mentioned in those things, there are three major areas where the enemy takes you, which has to do with your sonship. First of all, test you in the area of economy. Bread. If you be the son of God, turn this bread. That's economy. The next thing is to take you to the, the pinnacle of the church. It tests you in the area of religion. You know where you took him to? To the temple, to the pinnacle of where? Of the church, of the temple. He wanted him to declare himself to be the head of the church when it was not yet time. Then the next he took him to a mountain, which is political aspect. So it's economic, religion, and politics. This is where your trouble is. Are you there with me? Praise the Lord. If you can be able to overcome those things, if the enemy will not be able to accuse you in those areas or deceive you in those areas, then angels shall minister to you. You will be able to say this, now is come. Salvation of our Lord. 
So, it's as soon as the dragon is cast out of heaven, that's when we hear that word. Now it's gone. So, we got to understand that. Praise the Lord. Oh, man, man, man. Like I said, when you say now, it's not talking of yesterday, it's not talking of today, it's not talking of tomorrow, it's talking of the moment of realization, the moment of understanding that I'm a free man, salvation is gone. Hmm? Praise the Lord. So he say, now it's gone salvation and strength of the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Accuser of our brethren. And I try to make you see that. Brethren is connected to redemption. Brethren have nothing to do with sons of God up in the sky. The people that the devil is accusing are the brethren. Huh? <laughs> so we do. Praise the Lord. Now is come salvation. What do you mean? We already saved people. You cannot be called brethren without having been saved. I mean, I don't know if I'm speaking to you. If you are referred to as a, bre- it's a brother, it means you're already saved. But now you say, now is come. So what are we talking about? We ought to be talking about safe people. Is that okay? So what salvation is this? <laughs> this is not salvation that has to do with deliverance from sin in relation to the work of Jesus. But the salvation that has to do with the redemption of the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. Because you can't be referred to as brethren without first being what? Same. Is the people that have been washed from their sins that are referred to as what? Brethren. Are you with me? Go to Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews 9. Look at verse 28. Hebrews 9 verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear a second time. Without sin, unto what? Salvation. Can we take it from another translation? Maybe the Amplified Translation? Even so it is that Christ, having been offered to take up himself and bear as a burden the sins of many, once and for all, will appear a second time, not to carry any burden of sin, nor to deal with sin. I want you to get that. But to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly, constantly, and patiently waiting for and expecting what? Full salvation. That's what we are saying. Now is come. Salvation. Can you get that? Now, if you look at the word second time, it's not the same thing as second coming. Second time is directly connected to his function as a priest. Hmm? Now let me show you. Go to verse 24 of this same passage. Verse 24 of Hebrews chapter 9. So the first time is nothing to do with 
when he was born as a baby. No, 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 no. That was not the first time. The first time and the second time we're dealing with Hebrews 9, you find the first time is here. For Christ is not entered into the most holy place, made with hands, which are the figure of their true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. So this is the picture. But the high priest wants the, the animal have been slaughtered. Okay? He takes the blood to the most holy place. Right? And once the blood has been accepted, he comes out and he bless the people. Your sins are forgiven. Till next year. Are you there with me? So, when he moves in with the blood, that's the first time of appearing. Are you there with me now? Very good. So, the second time of appearing is in this wise. It's like, what he says, if you have a shame of me, I shall be a shame of you. In the presence of my father and the holy angels. Are you there with me? So he entered the first time into the presence of God to present the blood. This is why you find that when Mary was to touch him. He said, touch me not for I have not yet ascended to my father and to your father. Why did he say so? Because as a priest, he must present the blood before the throne. That had not been done. But that same day, Mary touched him. Remember that? Very good. So this second appearing, which we'll find in verse 28, has to do with, it's like saying, this man believes in me, this man trusts in my sacrifice, therefore they are qualified for the next level of what? Of salvation, which has to do with what? Full salvation. Now I will show you, there's the point, I mean the reason why it has to be so. Now the word salvation here is actually soteria. That's Hebrews 9, 20, 28. It's soteria. Soteria actually means to rescue or safety physically or emotionally. It means to deliver. It means hurt. Salvation, it means to save and save. So the, the bottom line is this. Okay, give me 4 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 23. And it said, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God, your spirit and soul and body be preserved, what? Blameless unto the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you get that? Somebody said, but pastor, you, you need to catch it. Because he's saying we're looking for him to come. That's what Hebrews 8. Okay, come with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3, look at verse 21. Okay, you go back a little bit to verse um, 20. For our conversation. Now, can you take this from the message? Trans- no, no, no. Let's take Amplify. But we are citizens of the state, commonwealth, homeland, which is in heaven. We are citizens. We are not going to be citizens. We are already citizens. And every citizen has a right. And from it also we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, our Savior. Where are we waiting? In the citizenship, in the household, in the church. To do what? 
Look at the next verse. Who will do what? Transform. That's the second time you are looking at now. The first time is saving you from your sins. Second time is doing what? Transforming you. Who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform to and be like the body of his glory and majesty by exerting the power. Oh my God. Now is comes salvation and the power of his Christ. Can you see it? Okay. Is that the power which enables him even to subject all things unto what? Unto himself. That's what we're looking at. That's what the second appearing does for us. It subdues this humiliated body. All this sickness every day. All this, all this, I mean, I don't know. Hmm? Tomorrow my head, next tomorrow my ear, the other day my eye, you know, waist pain, you know. That's what I'm talking about. When he appears, now listen to me. He's not appearing from outside of you. He's appearing from within you. Now he says, see, that your body may be like his glorious body. What body did he have? Where did he show the glorious body? Mount of transfiguration. In Matthew 17. Now where did he, where did the appearing come from? He came from within him. So where will your own appearing come from? From within you. To be like him. So he said, now it's come salvation. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we're praying for. That's what we're believing God for. It's not a coming to take you anywhere in the first place. Hallelujah. Now this is what Peter was writing about in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 5. Look at 1 Peter 1 verse 5. Okay, let's go down. No, you can go to uh, King James is fine, no problem. Then go back a little bit to verse 4. Okay, verse 3, let's just look at it. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Lively hope. Hope of what? Hmm? Listen. You're going to be conformed to his glorious body. When he rose, Luke 24, he had a body of flesh and bones, not flesh and blood. So that is a lively hope. Are you seeing that? So we have a hope, not a hope of being evacuated, a hope of being transformed. Just like his so glorious body. And that's why he connected to the word resurrection from the dead. Hmm? I was discussing this with somebody in Brazil and, and the U.S. a few days ago online. And I asked a question. Why do you think Jesus didn't do a single miracle when he rose from the grave? One of them said, David, don't you ask that question because that is a Greek question. I said, what's the Greek question? He said, because it's not the contest. There is nothing relating to that. Why are you asking that? I said, but I have an understanding. That's what I'm asking. The other man said, well, I think the only thing I think we need to discuss about here is about the 40 days. <clears throat> I said, okay, but then it simply means you're dodging the question. I'm asking, why did he not do miracles? Did you see one? He said, well, there's no record to show that he did a miracle, especially raising the dead. 
I ask the question, why? Because you see, if Jesus had raised Lazarus after he rose from the grave, Lazarus would have still been alive. Are you there with me? The Lazarus he raised before he went to the cross died again. Because then he had no immortality in him. Immortality have not come. Now he has risen with a glorified body. Therefore, whatever thing he has is what it will impact. Peter said, that which I have I give unto you. Did he not say so? So if Jesus were to raise a dead man, he will give what he has. Are you with me? <laughs> this is why it's called a lively hope. How many of you understand why? Come on, time is always crazy. How many of you understand why? When Peter said in Luke chapter 9, and he made mention of that when they saw the glory, and Peter said, let me three tabernacles here. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But there's a clause there. He said, not knowing what he said. Why do you think he said not knowing what he said? He knew what he said. But what he was trying to say is like saying, let's begin to have tabernacles now. Let's begin to have immortality now. But it was not yet time because Jesus had not even gone to the cross. Pentecost had not even come. So how do you expect immortality to manifest on the other side of the cross? Practically impossible. That's why it is not knowing what he said. But the glory he saw was something that made him feel, man, we can be here. Hmm? And those of you following, maybe I'm going to teach it fully in church here so that we can get that. Because there's something you need to understand. If you look at Matthew chapter 17, he said after six days. But if you look at Luke account, he said after eight days. Have you noticed that? Were there any difference? The answer says no. In Leviticus chapter 8, it takes seven days to prepare for the consecration of the priesthood and sons of God on the eighth day. So what you saw, there was a manifestation of sonship. That is the true sonship that we're waiting for. Our sonship is not complete yet. We are within the period of preparation, like it takes seven days to prepare the sons of Aaron. On the eighth day, the glory comes. Praise the Lord. So let's move on a little bit. So Peter now, and so what's Peter saying here? And so, when you look at that first Peter chapter 1, like we're just reading, your machine is black out, or what happened? Verse 5 says, Who are kept at the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Hmm? Praise the Lord. Okay. Take it from the Amplified Translation, just the verse 5. Amplified. Who are being guided, garrisoned by God's power through your faith till you fully inherit that final salvation. Can you get the word there? Final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last times. What do you mean final salvation? And so this is what a cry we find in Leviticus, I mean, Romans 12 now. Do you understand that? 
when he said, now is come. In other words, our expectation of what that, that which is final salvation is come because the devil have been what? Cast out. The usurper and the authority and the dominion of God have been cast out. Let me see what I can do. I don't know. So the next thing we'll read there, um, Revelation 12, and verse number when 10, right? Verse 10. Revelation 12, verse 10. And I had a loud voice saying, In heaven now is come salvation. So that's the salvation I'm talking about. Salvation is the final salvation that we're expecting. First Peter 1, verse 5. Is that okay? Which is the immortality, the clothing of a new house within us. Man, let me tell you this emphatically. This is not the body that God intended you to live with on the face of the earth. And this is not the body that Adam actually had before the fall. I mean, I'm dealing with... What I'm talking about is the body Adam had before the fall was a glorified body. And I've explained that severally here that it was not possible for the darkness to overtake Adam. Adam gave himself willingly because of the wife. How many of you remember that? Because the Bible is clearly and very explicit. Adam never fell. Didn't fall. <laughs> he willingly gave himself over because the darkness cannot comprehend the light. Say the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. And Adam was a, he had a body of light. Amen. That's what we're coming into, man. That's what we're walking into. It's all the more reason why this shout have to come. When the devil is cast out, expectation is high and great. We know we're going to put up a body and a body of glory. All these sickness, all these casting out of devils, all these healing the sick and tomorrow they are sick again. I mean, that will not be the, that, that is not the business for God's sonship. When you raise, you raise. If Jesus have raised the man, it's fine. That man will never go back to the grave. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on, I follow what I'm talking about. Praise God. So now, the next thing we see now is come strength. Strength, dunam is power. Which implies that God is going to strengthen his sons and manifest the fullness of his omnipotent power in and through them. Now, strength. You know, in Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Have you read that before? Very good. All power. Now, he said, Now is come the strength. And that was strength means what? Power, the dunamis of God. Now is come strength. Now is come the power. Now you got to realize that the power was in Christ, but now the truth is He's transmitting this power through His body. Go, all power is given to me in heaven and earth. And when He said go, He is impacting the people to have the same expression of what of power. In other words, what the disciples could not do, that's the shout there, now they can do. Because the power is transmitted into their lives. Are you there with me? So Jesus had the power within him. But this time, he wants to reveal this power through his many-membered body. I want you to get that. I was sharing this, I mentioned this before, sometime here. But I was sharing with Dickie Odio this afternoon in the office. How many of you remember this? When Jesus spoke to that woman, 
go and see no more. Was it an advice? <laughs> it was not an advice. It was a commandment. Now, anytime Jesus gives a commandment, he empowers the one that is commanding to do what he said he should do. So he said, go here into the world. Was it an advice? No. It was a commandment. And when he said, go here into the world, he gave them power to go into the world and be witnesses. Therefore, signs and wonders and miracles were following them because he said, go. So when he told the woman, go and see no more, what he's saying, I've empowered you today, you can't see anymore. That's what he meant to say. It was not an advice. He was not advising the woman. That was an impartation of power. Hallelujah. <laughs> that was grace, the manifestation. He impacted the woman. She received strength never to come back. You can't do it anymore. Praise God. <laughs> oh, you need to hear such words from the Lord sometime. Amen. <laughs> you know, hearing someone say, go and succeed. How I many of you want to hear something like that? <laughs> Glory to God. That's the kind of thing we're talking about. That's where the word of the Lord is powerful. You see, you know what the Bible says? He says, honor his word more than his name. You'll be shouting Jesus. But he said, no, take hold of my word. Hmm? Take my word. Stay with my word. Believe my word. Not about the name Jesus. Jesus. No, 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 no. He honor his word more than his name. So Jesus held the power. Now turn with me to uh, Ephesians 6 verse 10. Ephesians 6 verse 10. He said, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And what? In the power of his mind. Can you get that? Now is come what? Salvation and strength. What is our strength to do for you? That strength enables you to overcome all situations. The power you receive now. Overcome the temptation of the enemy, the deception, the accusation. Now you have the power to overcome them. That's what he's saying. You know what you could not do before the salvation come. Now you can do what? You can do. Hallelujah. So Paul will say, I can do all things through Christ. That do what? Strengthening me. That's the power we're talking about. And that's the power God wants you to manifest. That is part of the salvation package. After the devil is cast out from your own heaven. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians 1, look at verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance to the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards all who believe 
according to the working of his mighty power. Where is the power working? In us. Now it comes strength. Are you following that? So this is not what happened some, some, some years back that people keep teaching, teaching, I don't know what it is. It's not something that happened some years back. It's what is happening right now. The day the devil is cast out of your heaven, understand they will come to you. I, I remember when I was, when I, when I newly came to the faith, I was praying this place, and, and, you know, I was praying this passage for almost a year plus. I just opened that passage, I would go read it. Just Ephesians 1, just what I'm reading now. It would just mal a prayer point. Even if you have to pray, I must read it. Some of you need to learn to do that. That your eyes of understanding be what? Enlightened to know. Come to know what he has done. The exceeding great power that works within us. That you may come to know it. Hmm? I gave you a story here sometime when I was in that ministry with that brother. And we were doing deliverance. And this particular day, they normally... We sit like this and then they give us people to deliver. And so that day I, I went into, normally before we go, we go to fast. And so I was in this fast and the Lord spoke to me. Are you fasting because of the demons or are you are fasting to glorify me? Uh, I couldn't answer. So I quickly went and told my boss' wife, I said, can you get me some food? <laughs> and he said, you want to eat? You're going for deliverance today. I said, I want to eat. <laughs> so I ate. And then we went to the section that they brought three women for me to deliver in the hall. That we use one of these uh, Sabbath church hall there. I sat down. Because of what God told me that morning, I knew that, man, this thing has nothing to do with me. It has to do with him. So I just sat down where I am, and I was like, man, what do you want? And she finished speaking. I just stretched my hand and started talking to the woman. She went rolling, shouting, screaming. I sat down. All the three people brought to me, I didn't stand that day. Because the question was, is it because of me or because of demon? That means demon does not respond to your, you know, uh-huh. Whether you are standing or sitting or eating or drinking, that is not the, it's the man inside. And when we finished, one of my pastors came to me and said, man, today was different. What happened? I said, the Lord spoke to me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you see, you see that your eyes of understanding the word, enlightened to know you have him. It's on your inside. Hmm? It's there. And then what he's doing? Praise the Lord. Okay, Ephesians 3 verse 14. Maybe we're going to stop on strength today. Next time we take the kingdom and then we take uh, whatever is there again. That's left. Ephesians 3 14. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, 
to be strengthened with might by his spirit where in inner man that's where the power is hallelujah so what are we talking about no more weakness no more you know feebleness in any way to the tricks of the devil for we have overcome him we are truly overcomers and that is why we shout now is come this man is out of my spirit now another spirit is working in me now are you following what i'm saying so all those accusations that it brings your way you don't need to listen to them you know accusation is not the same thing as exercising power the truth is the devil doesn't have power he only accuses you or lie to you or deceive you praise the lord and the worst part of it it tells you are you sure you are saved <laughs> are you sure you are a child of god hmm? you're singing are you sure you are saved just examine your life. Are you sure? Are you sure you're saved? That's how it works. And then you start doubting your salvation. Hmm? I'll tell you a story how this happened to me, but that was not the devil. That was my mind anyway at that time. When I get my life to the Lord, I told you I was not preached to, nobody preached to me. The second century I got to know the Lord. We had an issue. And uh, I was out of my station and I just felt somebody give me the Bible and I started reading. I went into a fast for about five days. And I came out of the fast and I was born again. No preaching. Huh? You know, this thing happens anyhow. Some, your eyes will be blinded like Paul. Or there will be burning bush. <laughs> Anything can happen. It's not about, you know. So we'll be preaching. Every man has his own way of coming to the Lord. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So that's why you don't put one specific way, this is the way it happens. Now, when I started teaching, I would teach in the staff room, teach pastors. Who are, they were telling me, hey man, when did you know the Lord? You're teaching this, you're teaching that. And then something began to strike my mind. Every day is that this Jesus, are you sure he really lived? After you were not even there. You believe in somebody that he lived 2,000 years ago and he died and you know, so that thing was our teaching. I wasn't was preaching, but our thought was there. Are you there with me? That's like being accused of what I'm believing, whether it is true or not. So one night, the Lord had to really strengthen my mind. And what happened? I had a dream. It was like a trance because I wasn't really dreaming, but I saw like this kind of big forest. I saw this man carry the big cross. And they were beating him, taking him through very terrible terrain. They will hit him. And what happened is anytime they hit him, I will be the one feeling the pain. They beat him in the hand, I will feel pain in my hand. Anywhere they beat him, I will feel pains there. And this man was going like that, and they're climbing to a hill. I was watching, I end up crying. Then one elderly woman walked out from the corner and said, Listen to me, you don't need to doubt this man. He lived. In fact, you ought to join him to carry that cross. And not to believe never lived. Man, I just got up and knelt and started crying. I said, look, forgive me. Now I know you lived. And so Paul would say, am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus Christ? 
there have to be some personal experiences to breed that conviction to your spirit. That is where it is practically impossible for the devil to make me feel Jesus never lived. No. I had a personal encounter with it. I feel the pains for only about three days. The beating. That was a good one. <laughs> you understand that? Praise God. So what am I saying? This power, he has a power, is being revealed through his body. And this very body of Christ that I'm talking about would be the man that will rise upon this face of the earth and set creation free. And that is why the Bible says the creation is waiting for the manifestation of what? The sons of God. We haven't seen power yet. Amen? We haven't seen power yet. Power is going to be revealed. Praise the living God. Are you following me? I want you to catch it because it's so important. It's so, so important for you to know that there is something working in your life right now. And the fullness, the final salvation I'm talking about is you're going to put on immortality. So even now, we should stop being sick by reason of that power. Is that okay? The healing virtues of God, not just this healing, not just this healing thing. We should come to that place of living in divine health. I wish above all things that let me prosper be in health. That's the key thing. To be in health. Just like you are in Christ. Oh my God. So hair swallows up all of your being. Not today my eyes are problem. My nose is rotting. My ear is bleeding. And my toe just do this. No man. It shouldn't be so. Praise the Lord. But it's all because we have not come to truly believe. We've not really been able to know that there is this strength of him that works within us. That's why we should pray that prayer that Paul gave to the Ephesians. That your eyes of understanding be enlightened to do what? To know. 